What's up, guys? My name's Sean, and we're back again with another episode of the NET Talks podcast. So today's guest is an award-winning artist based out in Dallas. He's built a name for himself on the Foundation Marketplace. Um, he's actually number one rated. Uh, he's sold the most NFTs on Foundation which is incredible. The interesting thing that he's done too also is he's combined his actual original pieces of art where they're abstract paintings and he's combined the technology with augmented reality. Um, so it's he's got an app and he's, he's doing loads of different things. So if you're interested in NFTs, if you're a creator, if you're an artist, if you want to find out how to build a name for yourself on Foundation or any other marketplace, or if you're a collector and you're interested in collecting his work, this is one not to be missed. He's such a cool guy. Um, so I hope you enjoy this one. So make sure you subscribe and leave your comments down below and share the podcast to anyone else that you feel will be interested and let's help build this community. So welcome back to the NFT podcast. I am here with Alo, who is an NFT creator, an artist, a painter. Um, but the amazing thing that he does is he collaborates his paintings with AR, which I was very interested in. So be prepared for lots of gems in this uh, podcast. Introduce yourself, just give yourself a bit of an introduction, a bit of background about yourself, and then we can get going into the art and what you're doing in the space. Yep. So like Sean said, my name is, uh, my name is Manuel Herrera, but I, um, I've been creating, um, uh, for years and years and years under the name Olo. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to be a graffiti artist and I thought it was some pretty cool shit to say, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, because the definition of Olo is a prefix that means to be different. So like you allocate money, you do different things with it. Mm -hmm. So I, th I always thought it was dope to say that from the beginning, I was going to be different. Um, mm -hmm. and that kind of birthed the name Olo. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've just been creating under that name, uh, started off as a painter, um, and just have been creating it. And then, um, you know, I've been in, uh, I was in advertising for, uh, 15, 20 years and, uh, was always in the digital space. Uh, never was in print or traditional or television. It was always digital, whether it was social, uh, apps, site design, anything interactive, um, and so I was always playing with um, augmented reality. And what I told people is uh, I was doing 3D stuff, video stuff 10, 15 years ago with big brands like Pizza Hut and no one was ready for it. The technology <laughs> wasn't there. Uh, people didn't know how to use it. It was still a little too techy. You know, QR codes were really, really techy back then too. Mm. But, you know, fast forward, COVID taught us a lot of things. One, we weren't prepared for a lot of stuff, right? But yeah. uh, it also taught us a lot of good things too. Like you can't go to a restaurant now and not see a QR code, and not see someone not know how to use it which is interesting so I, it was a, it was a culmination of a lot of things happening at the right time and what i tell people what's the the stuff that i'm doing with augmented reality in my paintings and our work is so like the minimum of what ar can do the technology. <laughs> yeah. and it's just flooring people and it's so funny i'm like just wait to these next rounds when we're like, like other artists start to go oh you know what digital art is a new medium nft is a new medium um it's going to explode and i'm just glad to be at the forefront of some of that yeah, I've had I've had some amazing conversations with other guests about AR, and that seems to be the 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 the, the craze at the moment um, with the AR, VR, the the spectacles, and basically evolving things like art and clothing and whatnot. Like 
at the moment, art's got one use case. You buy it, you look at it, you hang it up, and that's it, pretty much, um, when you want a painting. But now with the, the introducing AR, you're going to be able to do a lot more things with it. You're going to be able to engage and whatnot. So I'm excited. And it's funny that you say that you, you're very, you say you very basic technology you're using at the moment with the AR with what you're doing, because it's a simple case of you've got the picture and then you put your phone over and then it shows the picture the real picture, I would say. I mean, explain that side of it, because I mean, I'll make sure I get a few, a few images up when I actually talk about it, but explain how that works, how your art works and why you do it. Yeah, so the series that I'm working on right now is called Masters. Uh, Masters, mm. MSTRS, I took out all the vowels because uh, the idea was to simplify some of these iconic images that we have mm. stored in our brains. You know, our brains are really good data collectors and we store millions and millions and millions and millions of images, everything from Marilyn Monroe with her dress going up over the, you yeah. know, the grate, all the way to, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali when he's, you know, just got that. Yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Over his, he's not a fresh knockout. Um, we have all of these images and what I wanted to do uh, all the way through like paintings from Frida Kahlo to Van Gogh to you name it, to, to even modern artists like, like cause. Um, we have all these iconic images and I, and I really wanted, I'm a minimalist artist and I wanted to simplify all of those pieces. And so what I started doing was printing them out, drawing my favorite lines. And then um, they made all these really cool panels, these really cool triangles. Uh, and then what I did was I zoomed into that little panel that it made, picked my favorite color um, from that piece. And yeah. what I started to notice in that study was like these things, these pieces, these images that we have, are so iconic that they still register and they still hold a lot of value. And even sometimes to me are more powerful than the actual piece minimalized in this new uh, style. So not being one to shy away from my inspiration because we're all inspired by stuff. Yeah. Um, it's impossible to not be inspired. Um, I developed an app uh, along with a friend of mine and um, you know, you'll hold up the app as an authentication tool and kind of a fun way to interact with the piece. Yeah. It'll show you, it'll show you the inspiration of the real image in real time. Okay, so the so basically, your this your art is the actual art that people people buy, but you're you're basically almost creating a backstory and saying this is where the inspiration came from, and you can see that through the app. That's so exactly it, right. Okay, yeah. that that's real interesting. I like uh, my impression. I I thought that actually that looking on it, I didn't I didn't get that impression, but that's why it's good to speak because that makes sense now. Uh, so you've gone. I mean, is it a complicated app? I mean, you've gone for the <laughs> the trouble of making an app so do people have to download the app when they buy your work i mean how does it work <laughs> yeah so uh it's, it's funny when you talk about complications um so when we were developing the app initially and this was three four years ago just for this specific piece yeah. uh we we had to take pieces of mine um and shoot them at different angles at different light settings and different tones of like you know warm light versus bright light or cool lighting and we were taking 20, 30 pictures of every piece that we made. And I'll bring a piece over here in a shot. I'll, I'll run and grab one in a second. Okay. Um, but uh, just so that the app would recognize it, right? Um, so we spent maybe a year doing that, getting Crazy. that first piece to work. And then Apple drops this new AR kit, like you know, a month and a half, a year and a half into this app development. So we scratch it all, rebuilt the whole app in like two months. And it's just, it's just genius, man. It, it registers at a, most light settings, at any angle and it's actually more powerful than uh, the app that we originally created how does it actually pick it up then is it how does it pick up the 
I mean, how do you explain to me without getting too techy, but just explain to me, how does it work? How does it connect to the picture? Is it a QR code there hidden there or is it down to the so, corner? Or... <laughs> so, um, so it's an actual app. So all, on all of our business cards, I'll have to pull one of those up too. Um, you know, it has a QR code in the back and it'll take yeah, yeah. you to the app store where you can download it. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I tell my mom is it's like a Snapchat filter on crack, right? Okay. So um, <laughs> Snapchat, what it does is uh, it looks for your eyes, it looks for your chin. And it follows you around. So that's why when you like, when you turn your head, it'll start to break or it'll start to, you know, like, yeah. you know, those uh, lenses will start to break. Uh, ours is on crack because it looks for, it looks in the world when you have our app up for all of these triangles, for every single one of these pieces that we made in that particular order, in that particular color pattern. Ah, uh, so okay. it's constantly scanning the world for these things. Um, and once it recognizes all of those triangles, it's like magic, right? It all comes together and then it'll say, oh, I recognize that piece. Uh, this artist wants to show you the inspiration behind that work. And I, I originally also did it um, because, you know, we, we think about Frida Kahlo, we think about Van Gogh, we think about Matisse, and we think about all of these like real famous artists that we have. And, you know, they have like one or two bangers that we all know, the Mona yeah, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we get it. And I originally didn't paint any bangers. It was all B-side. It was all the B-track side. So, <laughs> what did that you refer to as bangers? Like the... <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, so everyone knows that every artist bangers, but like I wanted yeah. them to get, I wanted to get hype around some of those tracks maybe that they hadn't seen before, some of those pieces they hadn't seen before. Yeah, yeah, mixtapes. Um, so I painted those first, right? Like yeah, I painted yeah. Degas like uh, aside from his ballerinas, just so that you could, like I, I wanted it to be uh, an experience and like, oh, mm -hmm. I didn't realize he had different series of paintings. Like I just okay. always thought, you know, you know, um, Picasso did a certain style. And so um, that was kind of the goal of it was just to expand people's uh, libraries of images that they had as well. Okay, so it's re you're repaint, you you re remaster, recreating people's other artists, um, the artist's work. It's a, so are you doing any of your own paintings at the moment or is it just like all recreations? It's right now. It's all we call them refreshed. We're refreshing. Old okay. Pieces. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'll go grab one here. Okay. Yeah. Go grab them, man. Go grab them. So I'm gonna leave this one against this this older piece that we have. Here. Okay. And how does that? How do you? How does that work for? I mean, I guess the question is gonna be that. How does that work for rights and all that stuff? And how, how does it work? You know what? Uh, so we we my brother's an attorney, and we've kind of talked back and forth. I mean, it's not considered fan art. They're, they're recreations of art. Um, we're allowed to, you know, be inspired. And so this is no, by no means a Van Gogh behind me, right? Yeah. Uh, but I do tell my collectors like, hey, you could get a Van Gogh in your house for a fraction of the price that maybe you could pick one up at Sotheby's or Christie's or something uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and put it in your living room. But uh, yeah. here, I'll, I'll fire up the app too. Maybe we can get this on camera. Yeah, my little demo going. So it's so really- the app right here. It's called Masters. Okay. All right. Yeah, I see. I see. All right. So you just you click this uh, little camera button, and then you hold it up to the piece. Sometimes a little ma magic shake. Well, there it goes. Okay. You can see that. All right. That's just. This in real time, it's flipping it to that Van Gogh piece. Yeah, I love that. I like. It's just cool. Like I think that it just having that in your home or anywhere, just to be able to just to have that. Like you got one piece, and then you put your phone up there and. Is there any way, if future-wise, is that you won't need the app? I mean, how can how's that going to work? Because if you're going to show it off to somebody and you or you or your friend want, if you want to see a piece of art that's hung up in a in a potentially in a restaurant, is that something you're thinking about? So uh, yes. So there's two different things that are going to happen. I think um, one is um, we are in the in the process of making it a web app, so there's no yeah. app download needed, and that's yeah. really just to get away from me having to dual manage uh, an mm -hmm. app store app, 
a um, you know something for Google and something for Android. It's like it's it's a lot to keep up at the same time. And right now we're only an iPhone app, and so I get a lot of flack for that a little bit. Um, <laughs> but if we go to a web app, it really would just be uh, something you just go to a site or URL, and then augmented reality can work that way. Once you allow mm -hmm. the camera, when you go to like a certain link or something. Uh, but the second thing that I wanted to say was, um, I think augmented reality is going to get a lot more integrated into our fabric of how we experience things. Yeah. Uh, and I think like even uh, it's you're experiencing it with QR codes. Like it, it used to be when I was playing 10, 15 years ago, you had to download an app for to scan QR codes. Now it's built right into the camera. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen is everything that we have will start to listen and start to react and you'll be you'll have settings to do that and there'll be plugins so that you yeah. won't have to download as much there'll be less roadblocks to get into some of this VR AR stuff that's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. I feel I feel that NFTs at the moment at this point is the perfect um partner for AR or VR. Like I mean obviously like you said it's been around for a good while now but it hasn't really found its purpose the right the, to to connect uh, for people to use. But I feel that at this point with digital art on the rise and obviously the way people are using the, the crypto space and NFTs, it, right. this is the perfect match. I mean, I don't know if you feel the same. I mean, you probably have a better outlook than uh, me. You know, you hit it right on, you hit the nail right on the head. I think it's, um, I think we're in the dial up stage of NFTs right now, if you want to yeah. hear something. Um, it's digital art. It's a new medium. And while mm. you can say there's interactive, like, you know, Felipe Pantone does a really great job of doing tangible interactive art where you can spin mm. his work. Uh, I think what, what di what's going to be cool about this digital new digital medium is right now it's like it's images and it's video, right? It's so yeah. flat and it's, it's digital. So it, it's begging to be interactive. Uh, and I think you, you're starting to see it too with these NFTs and these experiments that some artists are doing where they change over time or they change based on the cryptocurrency value that it's being sold at. So you're seeing this like interactiveness where uh, there's, are, there's NFTs that I think that are just degrading over time and will eventually just dissolve into nothing. And it's like, to me, that's really intriguing where you're starting to make, I mean, it's a new, me it's a new medium and yeah. we're not touching anything programmatically right now. It's just so flat. It's, it's video mm. and JPEGs or PNGs or GIFs, right? It's, I can't wait till we they allow for more file types that will, in a sense, bring back Flash. Right? Flash went away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was dope when it was here. Right? You're like, oh my god, this this site can interact with my mouse and it can do all of these really cool things and it just kind of knows and listens. Uh, and HTML5 kind of came and did that. But I think NFTs will be the same way where they'll they'll start to be a lot more interactive. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the whole. I mean, if you music art hasn't moved forward with. With technology and, and fashion also is always have one who had one use case we wear it you hang up the piece of art on your wall you listen right. to music and that's it but now with the technology and the way people are using it you're going to be able to gamify and offer a lot more engagement with these with these mediums and obviously i've I, I looked i was reading an article about uh dynam dynamic nfts which i really think is interesting i mean i don't know if you looked into that is so obviously imagine a piece of art even your art if it's related to some, maybe say it's a memorabilia for a football game and it changes when, it changes to another piece of art when something happens, if they if they win the World Cup or if they win the, the Euros and whatnot, like that's what I'm really excited about. I mean, is that something you're starting to think about or? Oh, absolutely. Um, my, my, my mind... Um is always forward thinking. Like, what can we do yeah. next? Like, it's not yeah. very, it's not so much one-upmanship, but it's 
like, how do we push? How do we make something even more creative? Um, and I think that's what artists do. You give them a medium and they do something you don't think that would, you know, would have come from that. It's creating something from nothing, right? Mm. Um, but that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, just things that are happening in the world, influencing the art that's in your home. Um, it's going to be really neat. I think the other thing um, that I, I, I'm enjoying seeing is are the digital displays that are happening. And I tell my wife all the time, like, wouldn't it be dope if like we had a, like, a house party and we invited all our friends over <clears throat> and without taking all of this tangible art that we have in our house right now off, they're just all screens I could go through and swipe through and just create a mood for the house that's yeah. like, different than I've ever done before. And, and I think that's mm. going to be really cool too. Yeah, I, def I definitely agree with, what's your thoughts on like, um, okay, so galleries, uh, virtual galleries then? And stuff yeah. like that. I mean, what is that something you've looked into? I mean, because at the moment you create, you're still with the like a hybrid because you create, you still create the physical art. Um, do you just do digital? Do you sell digital items too, uh, without the physical? Uh, do both. Yeah, do both. I, I do okay, both, okay, and okay. I particularly like when people couple or collectors couple. Yeah, you know the tangible piece with the. the mm. NFT. It's kind of a cool way to. Um, you know, digitally sign something or make it authentic as well. Did you have a following? With, have you, have you, how you've been doing art for how long now? And do, have you, did you have a following before you went to NFTs? Um, so, so I was in advertising for um, like 15, 20 years doing all digital, yeah, every social media platform. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, like, wasn't a big fan of social media, just it consumes yeah. so much of our lives. And I felt like it's come back and consumed too much of my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because of how um, the communities work within it, within NFTs. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a lot more uh, social channels and, and apps on my phone now that I have in the past. But to answer your question, I, I deleted essentially all of my followings. And so I, in some ways, kind of regret that because yeah. you know, so much of what NFT prices go for. Uh, or go on are based on clout and how much followers yeah. you have in following. So while I, I this series, um, I haven't been painting long. Um, I think this series has only been around for three years. Yeah. Um, and I had a following of about 1500 and then NFTs yeah. just helped me get to almost 4,000 now. And it's the growth isn't stopping. That's crazy. That is because the fact that, because what I find that with a lot of creators uh, is that they have following, they either have following or they don't have following and they contact me and they're asking like, how do I sell my NFT? How do I, the question may be, how do I convert my current audience to buy an NFT from me if they're not into right. crypto already? Um, the fact that you've said that you didn't, you you had an audience, but your audience developed <laughs> when you went into the NFT space, how did you do that? What what actually did you take? Like, So, you know, I, uh, I, I won't say I was an early adopter to NFTs by any means. In fact, I had friends reaching out to me a year ago to six months ago, talking about NFTs and crypto. And I just wasn't in it. I was like, nah, nah, don't worry. <laughs> I was like, I don't get into it. It's a little too geeky for me. And they're like, dude, but you're doing like augmented reality, digital. You're like, you were made for this moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'm driving home from out of town uh, with my wife and a friend of mine, his name's Jack Butcher, Visualize Value. Um, okay. He, uh, He's messaging me. He's like, dude, I just sold a piece, like my first video, and it went for, um, you know, 25 ETH or something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, crazy, you know, crazy. So my wife just sees like the car go from, you know, like a normal like cruising speed to where like we're hauling ass to get home. Yeah. And she was riding when I hit that driveway. She's like, I'm not going to see you on my I'm like, nah. So I buried myself for like two weeks. Yeah. And um, just hit foundation really, really hard. Got an, mm. uh, an invite pretty early on um, when the bubble was kind of coming down. And we've kind of mm. leveled out a little bit, I think, NFT sales wise. Uh, but from there, um, I couldn't mint enough. It was it was so strange. People um, and I don't think it was mostly following from Instagram or I didn't have Twitter at all. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it was a combination of both. It, I, because the my collectors enjoyed the digital part of it, I think they were also crypto holders and that kind of helped yeah. me. Yeah, versus yeah. had I only been a traditional artist and I've seen friends of mine who have tried to get on foundation, they struggle a little bit because, um, you know, some of the collectors that they have and or most of the collectors, collectors that they have and some of the ones that I have mm -hmm. are more traditional. They don't hold on to crypto. Yeah. And so that's that, that's a big speed bump. So most of those sales came from foundation. Why, why foundation? Like I'm getting that feel from a lot of artists um, that, that come into the space, NFT artists, foundation is kind of the go to. Because um, there's obviously there's lots there's OpenSea there's Rarible uh, there's Marketplace there's lots of different ones super rare why why foundation or do you run all of them I mean what what was your approach when you first come to the space and looking at a marketplace uh, so my approach was um, I, I didn't know a lot when I was coming in and mm. you know like everyone else uh, I Google searched top NFT marketplaces okay. foundation becoming uh, foundation and super rare being some of the rarest to get into because they were by invite only. And when I started to look at the sites, um, this is kind of just selfishness, but I, I, I like and favor a very clean, minimalist, modern design. Yeah. And what I found with Rarible and even OpenSea at the time, they've done a better job of like cleaning their stuff up is it was a little fussy and it felt a little like yeah. I didn't know where to focus. And me as a designer, I, I would go to those companies and say, hey, let's redesign at least the homepage. Let's get some, you know, let's get it, let's get it right. Um, but ultimately why I chose foundation was A, the exclusivity, but B, I felt like they did a good job um, of helping me, what I consider myself as a David going against some Goliaths. Okay. So if you look at foundation, um, and this is what they did, I think, right. And I think they've kind of changed the formula and it's kind of hurt um, lesser artists now. Okay. Um, but uh, everyone had their claim to every collector equally uh, um, at the same time. So for instance, uh, they used their homepage used to be it, whoever got a bid the shot clock started at 24 hours right for forbidding to end that auction to end and everyone got their spot on that front page on one of the biggest sites in the world at the time yeah regardless of how much clout you had um, whether you were verified on twitter or instagram or not i was showing next to the nyan cat you know and i took screen oh, yeah. cap on. when am i ever going to get to be on this platform and any gallery set setting uh, and be next to these huge Goliath artists. And um, the answer is never and never again will it happen uh, because they've now changed their homepage where, you know, they're they're only featuring all of the Goliaths. There's no more okay. data that are fighting to go against it. So that's why I picked foundation because once you started that bid um, and I put my, uh, I set my reserves really low so I would get a lot of bids. And once yeah. they got to that homepage, People appreciated the art and the bids just went up and up and up and up. And there was a lot of bidding wars back then. So that's how I got a lot of them. It's funny that you say back then. That would only been a couple of months ago now. <laughs> in the NFT space, it seems like you're in years. <laughs> that's exactly. It feels like light years right now. That's insane. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, what was your first sale? I mean, what was, like, tell me a bit about that. Like, what was your, your first sale? How did you feel? Like, yeah, like this my, my first sale. So a uh, little bit of backstory on that one. Uh, the very first piece I minted was Mona Lisa. And I yeah. against everything that I like everything that I just told you like 30 <laughs> minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, I didn't want to do bangers, you know, but yeah. uh, I was reluctant to paint that piece. I wasn't a big fan of the Mona Lisa at all. Mm. Like it's just it's like it's what 10 by 11. It sits so far back. It gets used as an example to explain NFTs, isn't it? Like it's the one of the if you have a Mona Lisa, blah, blah, blah and so on. That's the the it's an icon number. on every app, every site on the world. It's so beat to death, right? Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to paint the piece, but I got commissioned the piece a few years ago. Ended up painting it, ended up 
falling in love with it because I just didn't realize how many teals and purples and oranges mm -hmm. were in that actual piece. I just thought it was this old beat down green and brown piece. That's not the case. So my refreshed version of it grew, uh, made me love it and made it a bucket list item. I, and now I have to go see the actual Mona Lisa. So when I was minting, I just wanted something low hanging fruit. I know that the crowd would appreciate it's a Mona Lisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know it. We, it's good. It's, come out swing in let's just swing get an easy home run easy base hit so i would minted it and literally i think seconds later where everyone was like struggling to get bids it just i mean seconds later i got a bid um wow and uh i put the reserve up for dot one five five two eth which is my grandmother's favorite number uh, i think she had about 40 grandkids but she always said she had 1552 of them yeah it's just her favorite number right like anything was that number so I was like, you know what? A little bit of lady luck wouldn't hurt. Um, and mm. she looked down from the heavens and she was like, you know what? Here's a bid for that. Um, and crazy. I think it sold for like one, uh, one and a half ETH, which was back then, which is, I mean, even now, it's just crazy yeah. to think that someone would, um, you know, I'm always humbled when people spend that kind of money on my physical. How much art. is that? How much is that around like three, three and a half? I'm guessing like. Uh, yeah, I think Ether Ethereum was at a two. So yeah, like three, three and a half thousand. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. So that would be your first sale. Like it's. Yeah, I mean, have you ever sold art for that much before? Uh, physical pieces, yes. Like uh, okay. all, my right. pieces range from about two to five thousand dollars. Okay, all right. Um, so you know, like I, I put the reserve for like I think three hundred dollars at the time. I'm like, you know what? It's mm. digital art, and yeah, I'm only making one of ones, but it's it's a lot easier for me to create. These takes like these take months to paint. Okay. Um, the, I gotta wait for like triangles to dry, and it takes mm. a long time. But you know, these things are uh, the NFTs. I can you know I can render one out in like three, four hours and yeah. make it nice and neat, so. Okay, so it's not much more time consuming, um, much more efficient, uh, and you're selling it, you're almost selling it for the same price that you're selling your original pieces for. So right. what's the next step from there then? My, that next thing was, um, you know, like like everyone else, I was I was very hesitant to invest a lot into NFTs. I just didn't know. Yeah. It's really expensive to start. And even back then the gas prices were astronomical. They were like, 150 to mint 150 to list mm. uh, I, I remember minting stuff for like 200 dollars at one point 250 dollars, and i'm like this is crazy like this is a barrier yeah um, and uh so once i made that first sale i had fun money you know i took out the money i invested uh minted a couple more pieces and those sold right away and i couldn't mint fast enough like any i would have five six auctions going at the same time and i felt maybe a little spamish but it's like yeah you know, struck by the iron tide. I'm an artist. Yeah, 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 of and course. If, if, you know, I had all of this four years of body of work, why not start to convert them to NFTs? And I reached out to a bunch of existing clients to see if they wanted to couple up their piece with an NFT for a fraction of the price because I would just transfer it to them. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them passed. So I just minted and minted and minted. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm about to hit, uh, I think I'm number one on foundation for all time NFT sold, number of wow. NFTs and number of collectors. Um, at NFT and I'm about to hit hundred. I think I have 98 NFT sales right now. Oh, congratulations, man. Like yeah. <laughs> you're not messing around. Seriously. <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine from India, he posted, he was like, so happy to be in the top 100 with some of my favorite artists. And he tagged me in it. I was number one. I'm like, this is bullshit. This dude's totally like <laughs> Photoshopping my name into stuff. No, but I went to foundation, hit those filters, and I'm like, oh my God, we're number one on a lot of lists. This is crazy. I so. love the fact that you're not even paying attention to that. Like <laughs> you're just doing the work, you get your grinding, you get you're getting your work out there. You're not even paying I, attention I, to where you are. I famously don't look back. <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, you never see a, an Olympic runner looking back. This kind of topical. This the amount of times it takes you to look back is that's it, man. You lost time. You lost uh, 
you know, momentum. What um, have you had? Tell me, have you got any any horror stories? I mean, like this be real. Like I, I, I always like to speak to, especially when I speak to creators, like especially coming into the space. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Let's face it. Um, whether you know what you're doing or not. So, is there anything horror stories or anything that hasn't worked for you that you think like you, you'd like to share story wise? Uh, you know what? I've been very, I've been pretty fortunate to not experience too too many horror stories. Mm. Um, I will say that like it's just so interesting that um, what some pieces will go to, what's what they'll sell for, and what they won't. And yeah. what I what I caution artists that come into the space is I caution them not to expect too much, right? Like you know, yeah. money's money, right? Like Ethereum is Ethereum, and you know. If, you don't have to have something that sells for 10 ETH, 5 ETH. I mean, uh, look at look at my sales on my foundation. You can go to cryptoart.io and see what I've made. But, um, you know, I've always felt like for what I make, I, I'm happy with what I make. And so um, that's kind of the big thing I caution everyone is there's all these expectations of becoming this crypto millionaire. And it's like, no, 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 just it's another medium. Like I wouldn't expect to paint a new series and for them to come out at two to 5,000 a piece either. Like my pieces yeah. all started out about five to 800 and they just, they slowly grew. So um um, I, I, I feel like I have somewhat of a meteoric rise, but um, it's only because, you know, it's just right timing. Hmm. Okay. So what, so that's, you would recommend for not, it's not to have any expectations. What, um, talk about the positive thing. NFTs are, are crazy. So I would say definitely pair with a, with the marketplace that fits you. Right. Um, yeah. I just opened up another shop called Radzooks on wearable. That's just a bunch of like tchotchke collectibles. Cause I think mm. eventually NFTs are going to become like collectibles, things that like speak to us or things that define who we are because of the things that we have in our wallets. Just like I could open up your wallet and figure out a lot about you, right? Like your physical yeah, wallet yeah, in your pocket. Cool. Uh, I think that we're going to have that same kind of thing. And you see that all the time, even with uh, the collectibles like the, the board of yacht clubs and the crypto punks, like people are buying things, not because they're art, but because they speak to them and they describe a little bit of who they are. Um, and I think that's going to be important both if you're an artist or if you're into making a collectible series or anything else. Just um, pick the right marketplace um, and just execute just perfectly um, your, your plan and don't compromise. I think um, what NFTs have done is allowed artists to focus away from advertising and your work, work, work stuff and allow you to just make stuff just yeah. to make and just create, which is really awesome. Do you collect any NFTs yourself then? Are you a collector yourself? When are you involved in any of the collections or anything you're interested in? So I should be better. Um, uh, I have not collected as many NFTs as I've appreciated, right? Because I, I browse and look, and I'm like, damn, that's dope. Like, I want to get that one. Uh, what, what gives me more pleasure in, um, is, and I wish, I wish Foundation would do a good job of this, is I like bringing other artists onto NFTs answering all their questions, uh, getting them uh, onboarded to something, helping them like mint their first pieces. And even, uh, well, I say even sometimes always, mm -hmm. anyone that I bring on, I mint their first few pieces just to get them started, just without any- for you, in, When you say you bring on, you're talking about anyone you invite. Is that right? Invite, That's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. yeah, yeah. And the, the, the last one, uh, the last person I've uh, invited, her name is Verile. She's a, if you go to my, um, I'll post about it maybe in my Instagram here in a second, yeah. just kind of boast about her. But, you know, like uh, foundation gives you invites for every few like milestones you hit, you know, your first bid, maybe your mm -hmm. first purchase, you know, hitting 500 followers, a thousand followers, whatever. Uh, I don't know quite know why they give their invites out and how, but um, 
you know, I will throw one up on Twitter sometimes and found this artist. She's in Russia and she's just an incredible artist. She had like 300 followers and just brilliant work. Um, and I don't really quite know why her, her followership wasn't incredible because she's award-winning and she has all of this badass work. Yeah. Um, and I was, I found her, I, I was like, you know what, out of all the people that like have hit me up, you're definitely getting an invite. I paid for her first mint, uh, answered Crazy. a bunch of questions, uh, helped her kind of like, you yeah. know, strategy and some of the pieces maybe. And she's in seven days, she's already got four sales and it's just an, on a rocket ship to like going up. So I'm just like, this is, this is an awesome, awesome story. And, um, no, it's just a brilliant, brilliant this, story. This is what this is what I love about this space. Like the fact that you're like this doesn't happen in the unless I don't see it in the real world. Is the space is very like um, it's, it's it seems friendly. Uh, especially creators are helping creators. Like the fact that you just said, okay, you 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 invited the you not only invited her, you showed her what to do. You've paid for her first mint. Like you don't have to do that. Let's just be clear. Like this is just something you're doing. I'm just I'm assuming because you want to yeah I, just, have good <laughs> I, I do it inside of the nft space I do it outside of the industry I just I I enjoy mm. I enjoy helping and I enjoy the art um mm. another a friend of mine um Nadamel, uh he was just so persistent and uh this was before he was invited to to a foundation he just kept hitting me up so I don't know we're just you know stranger hitting me up on Instagram and I, I uh, famously will talk to anyone. I, I'll chat yeah. everyone up on my Instagram, even if they're asking for, you know, they're shilling for an invite or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't have any or whatever. But uh, he kept hitting me up and I really didn't have one. And I loved his work and I wish I had an invite for him. Ended up getting one by himself, but we became friends. And um, yeah, I meant to, uh, he wanted me to bid on one of his pieces or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, I'd rather just invite you. Like, I'll invite you, I'll pay for your first mint, whatever. And we just become so good friends that I just, I minted, I mean, I bought one of his pieces later on. I'm like, you know what, after he started blowing up, I spent the, the ETH and, and bought one of his pieces. Mm. And as soon as a foundation had that split uh, where you can like start collabing, we have a collab piece. And so it's like the community has been amazing, amazing, amazing. How long, talk to me about that. How long has that been going on? Because I guess less, less you're in foundation, you don't really know about this because I've only come across one or two marketplaces that offer this split which I think yeah. is so important. I don't understand why every marketplace doesn't have that because uh, to be able to mint a piece of work and collaborate with an artist because it happens a lot in this space. Um, and then to have a, that, obviously, so talk to me about the split. How does that work? Yeah, so as you're minting a piece, um, right before you set the pricing, before you list it, yeah, uh, I think Foundation allows you to do up to four. So you can, mm. um, you can mint to a wallet for like a charity or you could split it between maybe an audio person or another creator. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't designate what you have to split it for. You could just split up to four or five. I forget. Yeah. Uh, but it was really nice. You know, you just I, I punched in Automel's address and uh, we were able to split 50-50 and it's available on Foundation right now. Is that a continuous split, or can you set it to be like once you off the first sale, uh, you get split, and then when you if you put any royalties in there, only one person gets a royalty. I mean, has it got that flexibility in it? Oh, you know what? That's a great question. I would assume, and don't quote me on this, but it's yeah. probably um, for the royalties as well. Yeah, in perpetuity. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. What, what, what's your thoughts on um, talking about royalties is from like, if you mint on foundation, if somebody wants to sell that, buys that piece and wants to sell it on OpenSea, um, then your is that your royalties drop off? That's right, isn't it? Is that is that correct? You know what? I, I don't know about that. I mean, far, far as my, my knowledge is that that's something that's in the space that still needs to be looked at. Like, so if somebody wants to sell it on another platform, 
you won't if you've you've meant it on foundation, you won't receive the royalties. Now, if that isn't true, Zaki for foundations, don't crucify me, guys. But I'm sure that is the case. That's something that has been is been looked at. But the fact that you don't even even thinking about that. <laughs> you know what? I, I like I said, I I um I don't. I, I don't look at the ETH that I've collected. I don't look at any of that stuff. I just kind of like to just keep it, keep it, keep going. And yeah, as long as there's water in that well where I can continue to mint and continue to help others mint, then I'm gonna continue to do that. And uh, that's just kind of my MO. All right. So what let's move talk before talking about NFTs in general in regards to okay, NFTs is art, uh, but it's a lot more than that. I mean, where do you see things moving forward for NFTs uh, in the future? Like, what other industries are, if if you are excited about, um, whether it's fashion, gaming, tickets, music? Uh, you know, it, it's crazy to me uh, how far. Um, you know, you, you mentioned it at the very, very top of the po- of this uh, podcast. It's like, uh, you know, NFT isn't just art. It's it's a it's a medium. It's a it's a sign. It's a form of like signature or um, certificate of authenticity, and mm-hmm. so the, like the ability to own a moment in the NBA or to get tangible assets out of something, you know, like um, you know tickets or jerseys to a to an event, um, all of that stuff can be tied in because these are essentially just digital contracts. They're not. Mm-hmm. It's not really about the art or the video that we're you know making famous on on the internet as far as art goes um i i, I truly like i can't say this enough we are at the very dial-up stage and this is the wild wild west like yeah. <laughs> um i mean it, it's it, it's it's crazy to think of the possibilities and i i, I get asked this question all the time what do you where are we going to be in five years i'm like dude if i knew we were going to be in five years i'd be doing it right now and be blowing people's minds <laughs> and i think everyone's trying to figure out what's going to happen in five yeah years. I, I, my thing is i feel that you just got to Instead of thinking about where you're gonna where you're gonna be in five years, just think about what you what you're interested in and try and do it as an NFT. So whether that's with be houses, you're interested in cars, you're interested in trains, it's just communities. The way I look at it is look at their small communities, um, and then you can you can capitalize off that, and you could be the first, you could potentially be the first or be one of the the main guys within that space. Like I'm heavily into my fitness. Fitness hasn't even been looked at in the NFT space, but in the real world it's the it's massive so like there's there's opportunity there like fashion i'm very like i'm looking forward to see what people do with fashion especially with the rise of digital fashion i mean i don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on that i mean are you a fan or you're or you're not you're not a fan of digital I, fashion? I, absolutely a fan of all of these different mediums you know mm. um i just i was looking at an article the other day with uh augmented reality clothes um where yeah yeah i've seen it but i've seen that video where it's like oh, yeah. shooting people in like just walking around it's like the coat or the sneakers like like all of that's going to happen and i think we're all going to buy stuff like that um my first sale on rad zooks at on rarible mm-hmm. is an old power glove that we have and it just rotates and it's like i think people are going to want to buy these nintendo power gloves and yeah and, and in this digital world um be able to wear them the other thing that i was reading which i thought was very interesting um to think about is how digital the future is going to be um yeah. and how uh, you know this this massive land grab that's happening too, where you can buy land um, in digital space. Yeah, and it sounds so surreal to us, but when you think about what our kiddos are doing, like all my nieces and nephews, they're already in these digital worlds where they have friends and they're building their own houses. So they're going to want grown-up versions of that when they get older. And we're talking about ten years from now. Can you imagine the types of things that they're going to be doing? It's not going to be these like crude blocks, and maybe it is right, but there's also going to be other options for them to just inundate and surround themselves in these digital worlds 
And yeah, a lot I of that's people right about it's important to think it's not about us. Like you've got to think like you like you just pointed on. It's about the the younger generation. They're already doing it. They already live in these worlds. I mean, right. I spent hours and hours and hours playing games when I was younger, hours. And now the, the younger generation you have to play games, have an ecosystem within inside that. When they're finished le- playing with that game, they're going to have a fort. They could potentially have a fortune. They're going to sell it, and then they just go, okay, I'm going to go play another game. Or just, I'm not going to play games anymore. But they're going to that time is going to be invested, and it could potentially make a living. I mean. That's what it is. And it, it sounds wild, but I was talking <laughs> to my wife. I'm like, I think I'm going to buy some digital land. She's like, why, why would you waste your money on that? I'm like, you have no idea in 10 years, that land, anything that you're building and cultivating right now is going to pay off. In five, my, years. my argument to that is if anyone says, why would you buy virtual land? I said, well, does, does websites, the hosting, does it exist? You buy in a space online to, sh- to, to yeah. host and it's no different. You just buy in, if yeah. you go wherever the attention is, you, it's going to be a value and soon the attention is going to be in the metaverse so that's right not? we're we're just we're you know at our age we missed that whole uh being uh you know a kindergartner or a child working in with math problems in these digital environments that they are like just look yeah. at what they're doing on uh, on their ipads and it's it's wild to think that they're living life in these digital spaces. they have their friends they're chatting um and it's it's all going to be brought to you by nfts they're going to collect their wallets as soon as they have them to those worlds and they're going to start buying things and there's a lot of consumerism that's going to happen and a lot of things and infrastructure that needs to be built so that they can be able to do that and and i think we're at the forefront of it it's crazy yeah and i think the the mass adoption is going to happen when it it will happen i do believe is these big brands these big corporations are gonna oh, it's probably are already planning this face it they're already planning they're already moving they, they're just biding their time they're gonna step into the space they'd be smart then, to be planning <laughs> and then and nobody's and and then everybody's gonna have no choice um to be a part of it um yeah. they, they'll be a part of it and they won't even know so we're like yeah. <laughs> it's pros and cons right a little bit of squints and just like kind of a little bit of pain in my heart when you start talking about corporate and well this is big come on let's face it this is what's going to happen it's going to happen to a certain extent but this is why it's such a great opportunity with people like yourself myself doing things in this space to to be the people that are the creators to to obviously be the be at the forefront because people like yourself uh if and myself the corporate business will come into the space and we'll contact we're contacting us we'll be contacting you um to get some kind of get some other knowledge so you need to get in it early like so guys so if you're listening and you, you're hesitating if you're creative like this is your time is that i can't stress enough like it's a creative as well creative, <laughs> if you're a developer yeah, what i think is fascinating fact. with nfts is like you don't have to be an artist to, to create art yeah, I'm seeing yeah all this wonderful stuff that developers are i'm like i would have never seen it and they would have never had that medium to sell and to and to like make a livelihood off of this some of their stuff that they're super creative at and yeah um, yeah it's so, true, so great like i mean yeah you're touching on the developer side too man like you know within the smart contracts and whatnot like not everybody know it's, it's i think code is going to be a standard thing in the future yeah, yeah. um well and you talked about it too you know there's there's um there's fashion there's sport there's exercise all of this is going to be nft you know there's going to be subscription models and all kinds mm-hmm. of things that just don't exist right now. And it's going to, it's going to be fruitful for anyone who's investing right now into it. So what's, what's uh, next week, what future wise, what's the feel like, what does the future hold for you? What, what are you planning to do? What kind of things with your, obviously with, with your art? Oh, you yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been pretty fortunate. Uh, I have a lot of requests for a lot of, not just collaborations, but just projects. And, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, in the near, near future, uh, I'd like to get onto uh, different marketplaces. Uh, I think I have a drop in October coming with crypto.com. Okay. It's going to be, you know, at least five pieces with a really cool, um, with a huge kind of a giveaway or kind of like um, something they're doing. I think they're going to be giving away some stuff and, or yeah. adding a lot of bonuses to, to buying NFT through them. Um, so I have a lot of these things that are happening. I'm going to get onto new marketplaces. I'd also like to experiment um, with like creating some, uh, I have a project that I, I want to start working on with some kind of collectible, um, not too dissimilar from like, you know, crypto punks or something, just okay. making something that's really, really fun. Uh, I'm working with another friend of mine to enhance the experience of NFTs. Um, uh, okay. You know, like, uh, because NFT is just like a, it's a, you know, it's, it's proof of purchase. It's on this, it's on the blockchain. And so what do you do with that to your point earlier? Like, cool. I just have a piece of art. I hung it on my wall. Like, awesome. I have a piece of art. Um, but you know, just doing like having, once you have that proof of purchase, once you have that NFT of some famous artist, whatever, like what mm -hmm. else tangible things can you do with it? What, what can you do? And I know I'm being a little cryptic because we're still working on this project, but, um, yeah. Uh, it's going to be really fun just to take NFTs to that next level. And how do you unlock and do more and do stuff that's, you know, tangible. Um, and that's what I'm really, really interested. In. And then lastly, like I'm going to continue to push. You mentioned it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> passionate about a project. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're an artist or not, just find a way to like convert it to an NFT, but then always try to, you know, like do it one up, just like kind of like figure out what you could do to plus up any of these like passion projects that you have. So I'll, I'll continue to push with AR and VR and, see what we can do, like playing with the Oculus and doing all kinds of fun stuff with it. Okay, well, I love that. Um, like I said, we're short for time, but we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for your time today. Um, obviously, we'll stay connected. And where can people reach out to you? Yeah, um, you can hit me up on allo.art. Um, if you go there, uh, you can see anything from where I'm minting things to probably what's going to be happening, shows that I'm popping up on. Um, whether they're NFT or physical now, which is pretty fun. Okay, cool. No problem. Well, I'll make sure I'll put the links below. Um, thank everyone for listening. Uh, everyone stay listening, stay blessed.